You're listening to Wellness Radio with Chris Joe, healing in Christ Jesus. Hey guys, I am super excited to be here with you right now. I am with Mr. Dr. David Frey. Super excited to be with him today. David Frey is a professor at LCU, man. Super glad you're here with us on Christians in confinement for COVID, having conversations, drinking coffee. Man, so glad you're here with us today. It's always a And I do have my coffee, Chris. <laughs> you have your you have your cup. Got your yes. cup, your drink. Yeah. I got got my drink here. And it proves it's hot because when I have hot coffee, the eyes light up. So there you go. That's awesome. And you know what's funny to me is that you chose the cat's mug for all of the uh uproar of the movie recently, which you're are you, is this the movie or is this the play? It, what, what are you? The movie here? was awful. The movie was awful. Um, I watched the musical, and I'm actually, truth be told, here, Chris, on your show, I am a dog person, so um, <laughs> I I am still struggling with the theological implications of cats in heaven, and so that's going to be a long debate. I'm still looking into the Book of Revelation and the Apocrypha to figure out if you know, we have any clues about cats in heaven, but I do like the musical, but not the movie. The movie was kind of creepy. Well, I think we all know where cats go. Dog. Well, anyway. Okay. So anyway, mm-hmm. man, uh, I know there's some cat fans out there. that are going to go, I hate you. I can't stand that. Listen, man, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to have you here. We always enjoy uh, connecting to people who, uh, who love the Lord and love I, one of the things I love about you too, is you love students. I know that's true about you. You, you have a heart for, for young people and seen that over the course of years. We were just talking a second ago, um, man, I think I've known of you for 20 plus years or probably, probably 20 or maybe 18 years and then connected to you through LCU in different ways. Um, so you were you were here in in Lubbock as a minister for a while. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I I actually started. This was crazy. Um, there was a few of us that when we were like nineteen, we started working in the college ministries around here. And um, so in '89, I started working at Green Lawn, and then they had a job open up. So in '90, uh, I interviewed for it. My wife got married. My wife and I got married in December '28. We were 21 and 19 and got the job in 91. And so and they had no idea what they're getting into, did they? No idea. I can't believe they hired us. But um, <laughs> so this marks, as far as just student ministry and being around student ministry, whether as a, a uh, local church minister, um, working in 501c3s, working as a college professor, this is like 31 years this summer of doing youth work. So... That's crazy. 30, 31 years. And, uh, and man, I know you've had a rich, a rich ministry. So you were here in Lubbock and then you left for a while. Yes. I, I was in Lubbock 20 years and, uh, and for all of you out there in ministry, my wife and I, when we feel a moving of the spirit, we just pray a simple prayer, move me or plant me. And, uh, every time we prayed that you got to be careful with that, Chris, because, literally we get a call or something the next day and uh we got a call to uh go to the fort worth area uh, with the hills church and we stayed there on that staff for 10 years and then i started doing some work with the fellowship of christian athletes out of dallas working with athletes with a program called character coaching and then um 
I started working a little bit with Tim Perrin. Next thing you know, 12 years later, I'm back in Lubbock. So here we go. At LCU, now you're, yeah. tell me your role again, because I cannot remember what the name of your role is. So remind me. Well, I got a really cool name. It's the uh, Buddy Davidson Chair of, Endowed Chair of Youth Ministry. So um, we are really blessed. It's the first endowed chair at LCU. And what that means is there's an outside organization that believes in what we're doing. And they put a lot of money down to say, we want to pay for this position. We want to give money to that position to expand it. And we are just so blessed by that foundation for them to want to give to youth ministry and uh, kind of give us a little play money to, to try to reinvent ourselves somewhat. Because as you know, in the last 31 years, ministry's changed. So to train our students with the latest of practical tips at the same time, continue just a long-standing tradition of deep theological and textual training. So we're excited about it. That's, that's what I do right now. Look over all the youth ministry programming. And uh, one of my favorite things as well as I teach general Bible, mm -hmm. love teaching students. Um, it's just another way to do youth ministry. So that's what I do right now. Yeah. And you know, I, I just have so much respect for you guys. I think that um, people don't realize, you know, how uh, probably how challenging it is. You have different classes every year, different groups of people coming from different perspectives. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you guys are a, or a university, even a private university, you're still a university. You've got lots of people with lots of philosophies and perspectives and you guys uh, bringing Christ to them, bringing the message of Jesus to them. That's a pretty big deal. And uh, it's mm -hmm. not, not as easy as people might think. I oh, it's, it's not. And I think um, you get two groups. I, I love the kids who kind of grow up around religion, whatever faith tribe they've been a part of, and they step into a Bible class and they have their preconceived, preconceived notions. And then you have those, who are coming to our university just because of the high level and quality of education and they intersect in my classes and to be able to just uh, read and explore and try to take the glasses of our bias off and just read about Jesus in particular. I love uh, going through the gospels with them. It's, it's one of my favorite experiences because you find out a lot of people have been around this thing called faith um, and they have opinions about it. But I've come to realize a lot of them have never really read the Bible or explored it. And um, it's, it's a joy, but it is a challenge. Yeah, you know, and you know, I work with college students as well. And, and, and the same college students that you work with, we probably have very similar people that we work with. But um, it, it is interesting, people at this age in life, they get to figure out who they are, how they connect to God on their own level, in their own way, without their parents. That's a big deal. So yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. And I tell you, Chris, one of the things, since we're having mutual ad admiration here, um, I've always loved that our paths have crossed, and I love our students talking about your teaching. My son himself, I hope he doesn't listen to this, my son has been uh, to your college ministry and has heard you teach, and a lot of students have talked about, um, and I'm going to use this real weird old term, vibe, but um, I really do believe, and from research, we know that if students feel authentically welcomed, and if they feel the freedom to express and explore their doubts and questions, they grow and you're able to do that. So Amen. thank you for what you do. Hey, well, I owe you some money for that one. That was good. Um, hey, so, so one thing I wanted to talk about real quickly is just, uh, just, and just to say this is pre-recorded by one day. So tomorrow this will be uh, online on Wednesday, the third uh, and so, but I wanted to ask you this question. So just kind of put context for, for the timing here for people. But uh, right now what we're dealing with is riots across the United States of America. 
there's a lot of fear uh, with COVID, a lot of anger and animosity. A lot of people don't know how to process it. Is this legit? I think, you know, our culture has kind of caused us to be very uh, cautious about the media and do we trust what they say and, and such. And there's just a lot of animosity and anger in both directions. And, and um, man, how, how do you function in such a, such a crazy world? How, I mean, obviously you lean heavily on your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I apologize cause I'm, I'm dropping a heavy one on you here. Uh, but no, but I don't, just curious what you, what you think about all of this. I don't mind at all. And the first one's going to sound, um, like a Jesus juke, but it, there are times where I have to realize, and I know you feel this too, as a minister, um, there's only one, been one savior of the world. There'll never be another one and I'm not it. Mm-hmm. So I try to take as far as the systemic huge concerns, um, you can be so overwhelmed, like, oh, my word, what are we going to do? And I, I do think we should be concerned about our country. I think we should have a heavy heart. But the Jesus juke is I think prayer does more than, um, th- than we can ever imagine. So I do believe in, in what my friend Rick actually would say is offensive prayer. When I'm woken up at night, when I feel a disturbance during the day, I believe God's asking me to pray and pray offensively. Um, one thing that I learned from some of my friends um, that, you know, are from a different faith tribe, I'll put it that way, that I worked with with Fellowship of Christian Athletes is uh, praying in Jesus' name. I think I devalued that, Chris, but we see it in the Gospels. You know, when Jesus' name is proclaimed to prayer, things happen. So when I feel a disturbance, when I'm disturbed, I really do stop down and pray I pray for our country. I pray for our leaders, whether I agree with them or not. I pray with the, uh, the, the civil unrest. Um, and so prayer is a huge deal. One thing I personally do is I got to take a break. I think it'd be good for all of us. You can find any opinion you want on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, people are snapping everything. You can turn to every news channel. So I try to remain balanced and I listen to voices on the right and to the left and then retreat back and try to think about, okay, um, this is where I can pray. But then here's a big important thing to me that I believe will change our country is we have to stop making assumptions and we have to listen to one another. And um, we are so polarized. And with that polarization becomes assumptions about each political party, each skin color, each ethnicity, each social economic group. And so in order to fight that, I deliberately go out of my way to find people and ask them questions like, explain to me what it's like to be you. Explain to me what I need to know. Um, And I think the more that we do that and we listen to each other without reacting, we find common ground and we find a way forward. That's another thing. Um, And then another one, and I'll go ahead and say this. One of my favorite stories in scripture is the Good Samaritan. And uh, from the Near Eastern concept, um, when you look at it and read it from that viewpoint, Jesus is asking us, don't rationalize who your neighbor is. Don't try to over-spiritualize it, but take care of the people you come across. And that is a Near Eastern concept. Um, Actually, a concept, funny enough, one of my friends, a Muslim friend of mine, talks about the concept of taking care of those who are in front of you. And I know that most of us listening to this have probably watched Lone Survivor and you saw that in action where um, they take that very seriously. And 
that concept, that Near Eastern concept of taking care of the injured and those in trouble in your way, I believe is a very active path forward for all believers. So you can get on Facebook and rage and some people do. And if you feel like you need to do that, fine. But I would say again, be mindful of your words. Um, If you, if you have to make some kind of statement like that, but I'm going to say something that may make people upset. I think talk is cheap. Um, I think if you're not willing to go to the other side of the road and listen to people, um, your neighbors, those in your schools, those at your work and try to understand, um, again, I don't think opinions mean very much if they're not grounded in action. And, um, I think as people of faith, we need to be those Samaritan people. We need to go to the other side of the road. We need to beat the bias and the assumptions and whatever it looks like. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer, Chris, in the Holy Spirit. And I think you see that all through the book of Acts. He's the major character in the book of Acts. I believe God has a number of divine appointments in line for us every single day. If we, through prayer, would respond to the prompting of the Spirit and go to the other side of the road. And um, that's what I try to do to keep saying I have to do something. Uh, But sometimes looking at our country, the overwhelming um, sense of it, that has to go to God because he's he's our Lord. Um, I just I just got to keep going to the other side of the road when prompted by the spirit. Well, and I I think what you're saying is so good because it's easy for us to look at these things and go, you know, this is a new problem and it's a new issue. And. Yesterday, I picked up the Sermon on the Mount, and I was coming across the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you'd mm. have them do unto you. Uh, it's saying, hey, look at look at the world through somebody else's lens. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what you're saying. I think you're exactly right. Love is the, love is the answer to this uh, problem that we have, and, and a lot of pe- people, I myself, have minimized that, uh, that word and said, you know, well, that's, oh, that's silly, that's fluffy. But we're talking well, about some think- pretty heavy stuff here. It is. And I think um, since we can say this and you can blame it on me, I think in a lot of ways, the American church, we've wrapped the cross up in a flag and we can't confuse the two. I come from a military family. I'm named after a guy, uh, Jerry Wayne. I'm David Wayne. He died in Vietnam. Um, You know, I'm a very heavy, I understand and I love our country. uh, But as the Bible says, we're citizens of another country. And so um, I can't let my bias for one political party or the other um, I got to fight to be sure that my kingdom living as a child of God takes precedence. And I think it's really easy for us again, to take one side or the other. And especially, you know, we're two white guys sitting here talking. Um, I, I really listen to my black friends quite often to say, what do I need to know? Because I realize I'm a white dude, you know? Um, And I'll just say, none of my friends have ever said, hey, we want you to stop being white. Um, What they're saying is, and you've nailed it, is would you listen to us? Would you understand our narrative? And uh, man, I'm just telling you, Chris, if we would do more of that, I mean, you have a mission mindset. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the first step in being a missionary. If you go to another country, (laughs) listen. I don't care if you're working with teenagers or we're trying to overcome some kind of polarizing difference in our country. We have to listen and not hide behind and say, well, I never had slaves. I never, you know, I never have oppressed people. Um, I think again, that's a, that's a juke we can't make right now or we're not going to move forward. Well, I appreciate your, 
your heart for people. Like I said, I think that's a big piece of this. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, I know that, that you love your students. Uh, I'm sure you have, I don't know what the, uh, what the ethnicity of LCU, how that breaks down, but I know that you've got all kinds of students from all kinds of backgrounds and, and perspectives. And I know that you have a reputation of being a loving, caring person who shares Christ. And I think that that's, that scene. And that's really what we're talking about is to really view the world. Uh, you know, it's, it's like they say, this is my father's world. This is his world. These are his children. How can I treat them? Can I think about them more than myself? And that, that requires a little bit of uh, counterculture behavior as they say. Oh yeah. So. And we were, we were joking earlier about cats in heaven and, you know, the <laughs> revelation of the Apocrypha, which I, I enjoy that discussion. Um, and you may have lost half of your viewers with that discussion, the cat people. <laughs> but one thing that we know, and this is just a reminder, when we get to heaven, it's very clear that it is every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah. so we need to get used to diversity. And, and you mentioned LCU. I, I'm very proud that LCU, uh, when you look at the ethnic breakdown, it matches that of our community and uh we continue to seek ways to have more diversity um we actually have diversity too among faith tribes you know we have every denomination if i can use that word represented and it adds to the great opportunity to be able to have discussions and talk about the simplicity of the christian story and how we fit into it well thank you for sharing okay so tell me your favorite that's what this is all about tell me your favorite bible story so is there a favorite Bible story outside of the cross and the resurrection? I don't know if you got that message outside yeah, of the cross and the resurrection favorite Bible story. What would, what do you got for us? Well, I, it, it, I just mentioned, I think the good Samaritan and I'm just going to kind of, that is such an incredible story in that you had a religious person trying to rationalize who they're supposed to serve. And so <laughs> I, I don't know what's more relevant than that one personally. I mean, are you with me on that? Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? I mean, yeah. And, and the great, you're talking about, you know, I use the term Jesus juke. Well, that comes from Jesus himself because Jesus had the best juke in this story. And I love Luke's account, you know, there in chapter 10. But, you know, Jesus never answered the dude's question. I loved it. He's like, who's my neighbor? And he goes, okay, let me ask you a question. Are you a good neighbor? And uh, <laughs> that's so Jesus. And I think he would look at us if he would just plop in on this zoom call, you know, and, and he can, because he is our Lord and he doesn't have to have the code. He can just pop in. So if he <laughs> popped in, he would say, okay, nice discussion guys, go be a neighbor. And uh, I really do think that's the answer that goes back to your love. So, but I'm not going to talk about that story. That was a freebie. Is that all okay, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Here's my favorite story. And it's in Luke seven. Okay. Um, okay. You can tell I'm opening up my Bible. It's fun because I'm turning. For you who are on the podcast, you don't get to see the actual video, but I did the preacher pick up the Bible and turn. Here's my Bible. <laughs> but in Luke 7, and it's the anointing of the sinful woman. And okay. what I love about it is, you know, here's Jesus in a Pharisee's house. Um, and this woman who is known as a sinful woman comes to see Jesus she must have heard about him, but think about the absolute desperation. She knew as soon as she walked into that room, she was going to be judged, right? 
I mean, she knows. Yeah, gotta because, be, gotta be. She probably lived her life, Judge, for that Yes, matter. and she must have heard something about Jesus to risk everything, Chris. And she goes in, and she washes his feet with her tears and the alabaster jar, the whole story that we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's one of the, there's two parts that, that it just hit me. And it's funny how we read through the Bible. Um, most of the pictures that have been drawn of this scene or painted of this scene, it shows the woman at the feet of Jesus, but facing Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the text is very clear. The woman was behind Jesus and reaching around to wash his feet. She had so much, and I'll use the word shame, she didn't even fall in front of him, but behind him. Yeah, I've never read that before. Verse 38, she stood behind him at his feet weeping. I, I've yes. never noticed it, never noticed it. I mean, it's funny, and you've been teaching a long time. You're very yeah. old, Chris. So um, <laughs> we're both the, very old. Gray. But it's so powerful because the very first, very next word, okay, because the Pharisees, they – you know, jump on him. You can't be the Messiah because this sinful one woman's touching you. The very next line, and you could see it there, when Jesus says, who's forgiven? Yeah, the one who's forgiven more. Um, we have a tendency, by the way, a little side note, for people who've been raised in the church to say, oh, I just don't appreciate grace. I wish I had a testimony of sin. That's stupid. That's not what Jesus is saying. So I'm just going to call it for what it is. You don't want that testimony. Yeah, that's, that's no good. No, that was kind of one of the dumbest discussions we ever had in youth ministry. But anyway, <laughs> the text. I said, it, I said it in high school, by the way, for what it's worth. Oh, come on, Chris. <laughs> uh, that's it, was high, it was high school. I also told stories and emotionally abused people by making them cry and then telling them, you know, if you're crying about this puppy, you better die about, you cry about Jesus. It's, it's a long story. <laughs> you can't go into it. Um, but look at that next line. After the story. What does it say Jesus did? What line, what line are you talking about? It's probably, well, I was playing Bible drill with you. Now i got to open up my Bible again. Here oh, yeah, I am. sorry I'm about that. My shoulders. It said, um, verse 44, read that. Verse 44, let me get down here to it. Okay, then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see okay, this woman? Cool. Okay, that's cool. He turned towards the woman. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that is such, I mean, Luke is such a deliberate writer. Uh, we know that he had eyewitnesses with Mary. He, we know that he talked to, to he traveled with the Apostle Paul. He, he knew a lot of inside knowledge. He was very good to research this. I think that is so significant. And that's why it's my favorite story. Um, he turned towards the woman in front of this whole crowd. He is covering, he's acknowledging she's sinful, but it's this, this great Jesus moment of covering her shame. And then he calls the Pharisees out. Did you see her? Now go ahead and read that other part. What did he say to Simon? Did you see this woman? I came into your house, yeah, and you, you didn't give me any water for my feet. And that's so awesome. Yeah. He yeah, said, all the you don't even see this lady, but she's the one having a better response with you and all of your perfection. And he turns and he gives value to this woman. I think it's just an, that's why it's my favorite story. I think it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. All I, you know, I always saw it. All the in, all the normal things that you do for a guest, they can't even perform the minimum. Yes. And here, here she is dumping love upon her savior. Beautiful, yes. beautiful, beautiful story. And so 
I think of how many times, let's look back in our, you know, together, again, we're both very old. Um, we have done, we would have our golden anniversary of ministry if they put our years together. So yeah, we'll, we'll see about uh, that. <laughs> how many? No, it is true. If you know me so many years, so I'm just telling I've, you. I've done ministry for, for 25. How long, how long have you uh, been? 31. We're way past our golden anniversary. Yeah. We're getting ready for our 60th anniversary, Chris. So <laughs> here's, here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. How many times have you have to answer this question to the students you've worked with, college, high school, even adults, of the shame in their lives because of the willful sin in their lives, and they want to know God's response? Well, hey, if they're, if they're willing to bring it up, there'd be a lot. Sometimes they don't even want to talk about it, but you're exactly yeah. right. This is, this is a key issue. This is, is a key issue. Yeah. So we can talk about the prodigal son and we, we spend so much time on the prodigal son. Again, top 10 story, not dogging. That's one of Jesus's biggies, right? And showing and responding to the Pharisees condemnation of where God is with sinners. Okay. He goes after the lost sheep. He goes after the woman who, you know, the, the lost coin, but he's also the father that loves us enough to sit on the porch because when we're lost, but we know where home is, but he runs after that son. Well, here's another illustration of someone who was a sinful, noted sinful woman, so in shame that she can't even face Jesus, and he turns to face her. I mean, Jesus can deal with our sin. Jesus can deal with our shame. So the big question of where is God when we turn towards him, when we realize you know, I would even say before we realize, where is God? He's seeking us. He is there. He, the, the, I mean, it just, again, puts an exclamation point. We're not supposed to talk about this story, but the significance of the cross and the power of that moment in time. It, it just, love this story. Well, love you it. know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of in Genesis chapter three and in Genesis chapter four, the same, the same verse, I think it's around 24, um, God goes looking for Adam in chapter three. He says, where are you? Yeah. And in chapter four, he goes looking for, for uh, Abel and says, where's your brother? God, God taking the first steps, God making the first moves, God, God doing what he needs to do. Here you're saying she, she can't look at him, but he can turn and look at her. God's always, he's always ahead of the curve with us. He's always there ready to engage, ready to, ready to have that relationship so absolutely and i think what we were talking about before we got online so many people believe that the good news of the gospel is i get my life good enough where i could put on my church clothes and use the christian f word fine and you know just pretend like everything's good when i come to church and join this little elite club yeah. but what that's led us to is we don't do the thing that's more important of galatians when paul says you you help each other with your burdens. You, John chapter one, you confess to one another. Um, we, we don't get to communicate the grace of God because it seems like we're almost trying to help the grace of God with how holy we are. Well, if I'm a lost person, Chris, and I'm trying to figure out the good news of the gospel, the good news of the gospel is not getting to come to your club. The good news of the gospel is the darkness I have in my life finally gets revealed in the light of Jesus and I receive a new life. That's, 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 and that's so huge. good. Yeah. That's so good. 
Well, David, hey, man, thank you so much for, for being on. Uh, you know, David Fraze, Fraze as I know him, Dr. David Fraze. And we are so blessed to have you on here with us today, man. Thank you mm-hmm. for, for sharing this story. I think it's appropriate with everything going on in the world. With the, there, are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of broken people in this world right now. There's a lot of hurting people in this world, uh, people that uh, it's easy to look down on right mm-hmm. now. Uh, from maybe from a lot of different angles from from both sides of the aisle it's easy to look down on people and uh for you to come in and bring us this message of christ his willingness to accept his willingness to love uh thank you so much for that man awesome message um we need to hear it we need to thank you very much chris big fan big fan and i love over your head i get it now um it really is kind of the (laughs) The secret. This, I, this yeah, is what you're talking about right here. Indwell. Yeah, for you on the podcast, there's an indie and a well, but his hat <laughs> says the well. And I'm like, is there misspelling, Chris? Yeah, but no, I'm, really working on, I'm, I'm working like on how it, to make though. that look. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I like it. To indwell, um, isn't that what we're supposed to be as ambassadors of Christ? There's the Holy Spirit indwells us. We go indwell the world and, and yeah. we share the light in a dark world. I'm telling you, if we would turn and see those, um, you know, there's Jesus talking to Simon. Did you see her? If we were to see the people around us and listen um, and share light, oh, it would go such a long way of healing our, our churches, healing our families, healing our country. I believe that. Oh, absolutely. Hey, real quick, because I forgot to do this. Just anything you'd say to anybody who might be interested in going to LCU. Do you guys have uh, opportunities, scholarships? Oh, absolutely. You guys Come got that study with us especially those who are interested in ministry, we need, and Chris, you know this more than ever, uh, we need a generation who are the sharpest, who understand culture, who understand contextual ministry, to be trained and go out and make a difference. We would love to be a place that you come and check out. Um, we'd love to, to work with you towards your calling. And if you even think you're like, man, I don't know if I want to do ministry. I don't know if I'm called to this. Again, reach out to us. I'd, I'd say reach out to you. Chris is one of those guys that can help you discern ministry. Um, LSU is a great place. And here's the deal, okay? Um, we do have a lot of people who have given us funds. So if you think, man, I can't do that because I don't have any money, please come talk to us. Most of our majors, and I'll say this, most of our majors have more than half tuition cut. Um, so we are, we as a university are prioritizing this. Um, I think our faculty is outstanding. All of our faculty have some context of ministry, either as volunteers or paid ministers and servants in the local church. They're involved in what they're teaching. Um, I think people would really enjoy the education and partnering with us. Well, I love my LCU education. And I will say when I was looking at master's degrees and ended up going to LCU, um, the the cost was very equivalent to Texas Tech, so I was kind of shocked about that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we—it's uh, a good school. I mean, it's a great school. Um, definitely worth considering. I love my LCU degree. Thank you, Gush Yaps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very nice. Love it. And I know there's a lot of good Christian colleges out there, but um, LCU is definitely special to me. And so, hey, man, thank you so much for this, and we look forward to. 
having maybe in the future i'll get to have you on again i'll ask you some more questions but as of now hey we're glad everybody was able to come join in i've got a big lineup of more people coming on more lcu people we've got doc williams going to be on here uh as well mm -hmm. as uh michael harden dr michael harden who's actually leaving lcu sadly but, yeah uh, but but we've got others who are head, headed this way have missionaries gary ford jay jarbo out of dallas MRN. So we're excited about several people, Eli Hooper out of California, coming to be on the show. And so, man, we're super excited about it. But thank you so much, David Fraze. And man, uh, God bless you. And you have a good rest of your week. Thank you, Chris. God bless. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Wellness Radio with Chris Joe, healing in Christ Jesus.